Welcome to the Church of Rocky Peaks downloadable messages and podcast. Uh, definitely. My name's Dave. We're going to be jumping in today uh, into our message. Before we do, um, let's start with a word of prayer. Well, Father, we come to you. It's good to be here. What an awesome experience together, to worship together like that. So, Lord, we do thank you. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you, Lord, that as we open up your word today, you desire to meet with us. So we ask you, Lord, Spirit of God, would you come and lead us? Teach us things that we could never discern and learn just on our own, but you would lead us each. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to take you back to the year 1620. It was a time when the pilgrims landed in Plymouth, Massachusetts, and uh, November 11th, and they were looking uh, for a new home, and what they found was an incredibly harsh winter. It was so harsh that about half the people that came died that winter. Incredibly harsh. And as they began to pray and seek God, God brought them an answer. And through his grace, two Native American Indians came and befriended them. They introduced them to their tribe. Those two actually became part of the worshiping community there. That tribe taught them how to work the fields and the land in that area. And it was so overwhelmingly prosperous in the fall of 1621 that they decided they've got to celebrate this. They had this huge harvest. Thank you, God. We, we didn't die. We lived. You're providing. It's good. And so what they did, they set aside December 1st, 2nd, and 3rd, three days for feasting, play, and prayer. What a good holiday, right? Feasting, play, and prayer. And they did it. They thanked God for his goodness. And uh, the early years of the nation, sometimes days would be set aside for it. But do you know when it was declared a holiday for us was in 1863, in the middle of a civil war, the darkest days of our nation, when Abraham Lincoln declared it a national holiday. A lot of people were encouraging that, and he declared it. And in his proclamation, part of what he says in here, he says, we're going to pause. We are going to give God thanks, not hoping for what he will do, but for what he is doing now in the middle of the worst season of the nation. The year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed, that we're prone to forget the source from which they come. They are the gracious gifts of the most high God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, has nevertheless remembered mercy. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States, and also those who are at sea, those who are sojourning in foreign lands, to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November next, as a day of thanksgiving and praise to our beneficent Father, who dwelleth in the heavens. And that's how it was started. In the darkest times, beginning to give thanks. Thanking God. That's powerful. Now the great thing for us as believers, we are not relegated to one day. We are invited by God to have a a daily, regular, consistent flow of gratefulness and thankfulness in our lives. In your In your program, there's a message note sheet. I'd like you to pull it out. 
there's a scripture at the top of that note sheet, and it's 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and it underscores this. And it says this, give thanks in all circumstances. What circumstances? All. All. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You want to know the will of God? Give thanks. In all circumstances, give thanks. It's the will of God for you. You know, we are finishing up today a series we've had in the book of Psalms. Powerful series. It's called Behind the Music. And in this series, what's so great about Psalms were all these songs that were written. And in the Psalms, just like music today, you music lovers out there? Good, you enjoy music? Why do we love it so much? Because it hits all of our emotions, all the circumstances of life. It can communicate in a way, it just gets to the core of who we are. That's the Psalms. It hits every circumstance of life, gets them at their best, gets them at their worst. And there's so many amazing things about Psalms, but one of the greatest is that you get a glimpse. It is a living picture of what it looks like to walk with God, how to experience his presence in whatever situation you're in. And so that's what this series has been. How do we engage God in all these different things? Today, we're not looking at a single song. We're looking at a single theme. And there's a theme that is interwoven throughout the book of Psalms. And behind the music is a thankful heart. A thankful heart. It is everywhere in there. Everywhere you look. I was looking at different definitions of thankfulness this week. I'll show you. This is my favorite so far. But here's one. Thankfulness. It is a response to God, others, and circumstances with an attitude of hope and gratitude. Seeing all things as filtered through a loving and sovereign God who can and will work all things for good. Great definition. It's a response to what? God? It's how we respond to God. It's how we respond to each other. With hope and gratitude. When circumstances come our way, that's our response. Believing that when we look at our life, when we look at each other, we have a filter of God. And we'll see everything through that lens. And because he is with us, We can truly believe it. It's an awesome response. Great definition. You know, what's fascinating when you read through the Psalms, here's what you're going to find. Over a third of the Psalms directly say, give thanks or praise. And it's constantly pointing us to do that. Be thankful. Be grateful. It's a theme that you cannot get away from. It's everywhere in there. So why would over a third of the the Psalms say that, push that? There's a lot of reasons. We're going to look at two of them this morning, and they're powerful. And it's going to be really encouraging. Here's the first one. Giving thanks, why it's important. One, it keeps the goodness of God before us. Keeps the goodness of God before us. I want you to turn to Psalm 107 in your Bible. Psalm 107. This is a great psalm, by the way. You're going to unpack it more this week in your uh, life group homework. A lot to dig into. We're only going to look at a couple of verses in here today. But I want you to note how this song, like, kicks off right out of the gates. And here we go. It says, give thanks to the Lord, 
for he is good. Give thanks. Why? He's good. He's good. God is abidingly good. There's no end to his goodness. There's no end to it. You can't even touch the depth of it. He's good. How good. He's so good. His love endures forever. Never stops. It never stopped. May have thought it stopped, but it never stopped. He's good. I love the next phrase. Let the redeemed of the Lord say this. What are we supposed to be saying? Thank you, Lord. You're good. You're good. Declaring it. There's someone who's going to trumpet that. It is the church. It's us. It's believers. God is good. Do you know that one of the things that we're called to do as believers is to declare the glory of God? In fact, Scripture said, if you don't do it, the rocks will start doing it. So do it. Like, you, you get to do it. It's the greatest thing ever. We get to declare the glory of God. Well, what's the glory of God? Do you know Moses had that question? What's your glory? I want to see it. Will you show it to me? I want to see your glory, God. Exodus 33, 19 says that it says God shows him his glory. And this is what his glory was. He says, I will cause all my goodness to pass before you. Isn't that powerful? He's good. He's abidingly good. We all need to be reminded of that, don't we? Isn't it so easy to doubt and question that? So quickly. We can go there so fast. How many of you would admit, man, there are circumstances in your life, you've doubted it. It's been one of those things, man, how is he good? That's common. That's why you will love the Psalms. You will see him crying out in pain and confusion at times. But there's always a theme they go back to. Let the redeemed of the Lord say it, you're good. He goes on in verse 8 and 9. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for men. And this psalm recounts it. Man, read it. You'll get fired up. Verse 9. For he satisfies the thirsty. He fills the hungry with good things. Are you hungry for good things in your life? You desire to taste that? Psalm 107. Run to the Lord. Declare it. Declare his goodness. And begin to get filled by God. Awesome verse. Begin to thank him. You know, behind this whole thing is that he is so good. I like how Psalm 139 verse 5 says it. It says, you hem me in. Behind and before. You've laid your hand on me. Powerful. Isn't that awesome? Behind and before. Your hand's on me. You're so good. I'm, I'm covered. Covered. That's why David, in the most famous psalm of all, Psalm 23... Verse six, what does it say? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Why? Because that is the heart of God. You walk with God, you will experience his goodness and his mercy. That is the heart of God. Powerful. Um, you ever see a little kid when they button a shirt Sometimes it gets all kind of off. You know, they start with the wrong button and the shirt's all messed up. Or you've done that, right? 
We've all done it, right? Uh, button it off. Now, if you start at the top, you get that first one lined up, you're good to go. You go down there, you can get it all lined up, it'll come out straight. It's kind of like the goodness of God. Start with that. It helps set everything else right. There's something really foundational about it. When you begin to question God's goodness, we try to earn it. We try to make him like us more. So we start acting in ways we're never supposed to be acting, thinking about him in ways we were never intended to be thinking about him. He has given Jesus, he's given all his goodness, form of his son. God himself came, lived, died, rose. When you give your life to him, he has full delight in you because he sees you through the lens of Jesus. And behind that lens is only full delight. Desire for full blessing for his people. He's good. He is so good. The desire of God is that goodness would follow us the days of our life. That's powerful. Now, you'll see this theme all over, all over Psalms. Why do we give thanks? Because he's good. I'm just going to have some of these go up on screen. Take a look at a few of them. Now, this phrase alone is repeated over and over and over. Give thanks to the Lord. Why? He is? He is what? Good. Psalm 75 says, give thanks. Psalm 25, good and upright is the Lord. 16.2, Lord. You're my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. There's nothing on earth that compares to your goodness. You're that good. Psalm 84, the Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. He doesn't withhold that. He wants to give it freely. Is your walk blameless? Well, it's not, mine's not blameless. But when you give your life to Christ, you are positionally clean in Christ so he can look at you as blameless. Living in Christ gives you the opportunity to live a blameless life because since past, present, and future can be covered. He's good. Psalm 13, 6 says, I'll sing to the Lord for he has been good to me. So he looks back, Lord, you've been good in the past. Well, what about the future? Psalm 27, 13. I'm still confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Who says that? David. In a time when enemies are about to stomp him and his army out. They're about to get squashed. And what does he say? I'm still confident. You're good. You're good. It's powerful. Why would God tell us to declare his goodness? Why would he say, let the redeemed of the Lord say it? Because, not because our circumstances are always great. It is because it's always for our benefit. It's because he is good that'll even tell us. You want to experience it. You want to see life from the right perspective. Begin to declare and give thanks to God. Talk about his goodness. Go there. Sense the spirit of God beginning to rest on you. It's powerful. It's almost like when you're, if you've ever had your emotions, like they're kind of a sea of emotions, and you begin to do that. You just start giving thanks, thanking God for who he is, for his goodness. It, there's something that happens. It's like, you ever seen a little kid? Mom can pick him up and poof, a kid can calm. There's something about going into God's presence and letting him do that. Declaring his goodness. 
We, if, you have, if you're a parent, you can learn to do this with your kids. Teach them how to take all their emotion to God. They'll find rest in him alone. And they will grow up strong and confident. He's good. Isn't that encouraging though? Okay, second reason. Why does Psalms, why, why, why is this whole theme of giving thanks so important? One, it keeps the goodness of God before us. The second thing that it does is it prepares the way for encounter. Prepares the way for encounter. This is interesting and fun. Psalm 100, flip back a couple uh, chapters in your Bible. Look at Psalm 100, verse four. Now this little Psalm, short little Psalm, all about Thanksgiving. It says this. It, this, this little Psalm, by the way, it, it's almost like says, this is how you go before God. This is how you go into his presence. You want to go into God's presence? Verse four, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Remember that? Thanksgiving, our response, no matter what's going on, is hope and gratitude. Lord, I'm coming to you with hope. I come with full gratitude in who you are. I give you thanks. It says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. It says it again. Bless his name. Well, how do you bless God? The word blessing, literally, it's, it's like a salute. You're just honoring. You're acknowledging. Giving him credit for who he is, what he has done. What's fascinating, it's, like, it's almost like there is a gate to go through when we meet with God. It's like, almost like if there's a key that unlocks it, it's giving thanks. It is a thankful heart. It's nothing that draws you into the presence of God quicker powerful. Verse 5 says, for the Lord is good. There it is again. His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Um, have you ever driven through really thick fog? We, last week I was driving through thick fog. Um, sometimes when you drive through really thick fog, you know, you got to go so slow. You're like creeping. Uh, if it gets so bad, you got to open your door and just look for the line. Like, okay, cross your fingers. Here we go. Um, got to go slow. But you can't really tell. You don't know what's ahead, so you got to go real slow. You don't know if there's a pileup. You don't know where the turn is, whatever. You're going slow. Every once in a while, as you're driving through fog, it will break. And all of a sudden, there's a, a moment of clarity. You see the sun, a blue sky. Something breaks through. It's so fascinating that in practicing this, you say, Lord, I'm coming to you. I give thanks. You are in a fog of circumstance. Whatever. It's interesting that you can break through and see the sun in a new way. Thanksgiving is a key. It's fascinating how God designed it. Well, what do you get when you get in his presence? Some people are, are afraid, like, ah, I don't know if I go talk with God, what's he going to say? What's going to happen? I don't know. No, I don't know if I want to spend time with God. It just seems, I don't know. You're, there's a nervousness about it. Let me tell you, Psalm 1611. It says, you will fill me with what in your presence? Joy. There's joy in his presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Do you know that Psalm 34 says this? It, th it throws, a, throws something down. It says, listen, okay, I'm gonna throw the gauntlet down. You try it. Just try this. Psalm 34 says this. Taste and see. Check it out for yourself. Taste and see that the Lord is Good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. 
So do this. You go before God. Start to thank him. And just watch what he does. It's a pathway to encounter and experience his fullness. What if giving thanks is like a big shield? It's almost like a shield when you go into battle. That as you give it, begin to declare it, that anxiety that used to penetrate begins to get deflected. Worries that could come in and cripple you or negative thoughts, emotions begin to melt. What if it is a powerful spiritual weapon designed by God to help us move into his presence? What if joy really is the fruit of the spirit designed by God to birth in our life? What if it is unleashed and uncorked by our path of thanksgiving, giving thanks? What if it is one of the needs that's met for us in Christ? Would you be vaguely interested in that? It's good. You know, I, there's a fascinating thing. One of my favorite prayers, and it's a, it's a very short part of a prayer that is in a prayer that Jesus taught his followers how to pray. Famous, famous prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer. How many of you learned that? Okay. Growing up, I grew up in a Lutheran church. We said that over and over and over. I am thankful for that. There's a great phrase in the Lord's Prayer. One of the phrases in there, the prayer that Jesus says to pray. Lord, I pray on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we want to have it on earth just like it's there. Well, what is heaven like? It is full of joy. Right now, there is open praise and adoration of God himself. In the presence of God is fullness of joy evermore. There is a party like you have never seen now. The presence of God is full of joy. It is being declared, celebrated in ways we could never even imagine. So if we're praying, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven, well, what does that look like? Well, Lord, I'm jumping into the party now. Lord, I give you thanks now. I give you honor right now. I thank you for who you are. I want it to be like on earth as it is right there. So would you release even your joy right now? I give you thanks. Thank you for who you are. You're good. Your love doesn't have an end. I haven't even begun to taste the beginning to its fullness. I trust you. I believe in you. You're good. Powerful stuff. Now, it's almost like if you begin to do that, it's like you are partnering with what's going on in heaven itself. And when you partner with heaven, I'm telling you, get out of the way. Uh, the Lord will meet you and you'll experience encounter. There's a great Psalm, Psalm 50, verse 23. Look at this one. He who sacrifices thank offerings. So even the context, there's sacrifice, it's an offering. So Seems like this may be something like, oh, they gotta, you're going to have to do some kind of sacrifice. Even it feels like a sacrifice just to do it. But you're sacrificing thank honor offerings and it honors God. And it prepares the way. I love that phrase. Prepares the way so that I may show him the salvation of God. So what prepares the way? Giving thanks. A thank offering. And it prepares so that I can show them the salvation of God. I would study that phrase, show the salvation of God. 
One translator was saying a great nuance of it, it means one nuance is that you can thoroughly enjoy the richness of relationship. That's cool. You begin to thank God, you'll begin to experience more richness in relationship with him. The translator's handbook lays it out like this. It says there's another key nuance to it is this, that you will experience his help. That's great. You want to experience help? You want your relationship with God to be enriched? Give thanks. Watch what he does. Begin to thank him and watch how he comes through. You know, there's something about it. There's something joyful about it, isn't it? That has got to tick the other side off, right? Just got to tick the other side off. Um, There are several places in scripture that show us what this looks like. See this, how, how this actually plays out. Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I got to show you this one. You're going to love it. This, I'll set this one up for you. In 2 Chronicles 20, this is, there's a huge horde of armies. Nations have allied together. They're attacking. They're going to come against Israel, people of God. And they're going to be coming against them to stomp them out. Um, Jehoshaphat, who's the leader in Israel, he says, what we're going to do, you know, our lives are pretty much hanging in the balance. Let's start by doing this. We're going to thank God for what he has done for us before. So he leads the nation. We're thanking you, God. Thank you for how you have come through. And he starts going on and he thanks them for those things. Now, what I want you to catch, though, they're going into battle. I want you to catch his military strategy. Okay? Pay attention to his military strategy here. Here we go. Verse 20. Early in the morning, they left the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hey, listen to me. Judah and the people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord. your God and you'll be upheld. Have faith in his prophets. You'll be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord. Here comes his strategy. And praise him for the splendor of his holiness. As they went out at the head of the army. What? Okay, did you just catch that little phrase? Okay, your biggest, baddest warriors, boom, lining up in the front. Battle ready, hardened, ready to roll. And right behind it, oh, excuse me, pardon me, gotta come through my trumpet. Yeah, here we go, I'll get in front of you guys. Got a drummer, let's drummer through there. Guy over here, you got a tambourine, got a trumpet, whatever. Gets it, a worship band moves to the head of the army. The worship band. No weapons, just their voice probably some instruments. And what is their job? They are to sing praises. What are the first two words out of their mouth? Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks. So what are they doing? Band thing kicks off. Music goes. They're about to get killed. So what are we going to do? Thank you, Lord. We believe in you. You're so good. You are so good. We believe you. Your love doesn't even have an end to it. We trust you. We are here for you. We look to you. We need you, so we stand for you. Off they go. Who knows what they're singing, but we get a little phrase of it. And what does God do? What does God do? Psalm 50, 23, give thank offerings to him, and he'll show you salvation. You'll experience richness of relationship. You'll you'll encounter his help. 
They do. Verse 22, as they begin to sing in praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Sire who were invading Judah. And what happened? They're defeated. They're defeated. Amazing. People of God going before giving thanks and they encounter his deliverance in a way they'd never imagined. And this is not just the first time. You'll find they do this all the time. Get the worshipers out there. They're going to start worshiping. We're going to turn to the Lord. We will be a thankful people. And God comes through. You see it in the New Testament. I won't turn there. It's Acts 16. Paul and Silas, they get arrested. They're in prison. And they didn't just get thrown in prison. It says that they were beaten severely. Severely flogged. Well, you know what that is? It literally rips your skin open. So they've been severe. It's not just a minor flogging. It's a severe one. It says they get, they get thrown in jail, probably wondering if they'll be alive the next morning or if they're going to get killed the next morning. And it says as they get thrown in, in jail, their feet get put in stocks. So just catch this. You've just been flogged. You can't even move to get comfortable. Your feet are locked in. You can't get comfortable in this dank prison. And now all the adrenaline is worn off and the full punch of all the pain of that beating is kicking in that night. But about midnight, it says they do something. Paul and Silas start to pray. Then they start to sing. It's so bizarre. All the, it says the prisoners start listening. Like, what the heck is going on over there? What are they doing? There's something that's beginning to birth in the people of God. That's what they do. They just begin to give thanks, no matter the circumstance. Well, this was a fascinating one because God came through in a supernatural way on this one. Uh, earthquake hits, shackles fall off, so we know there's more to it than just the earthquake. God delivers his people. Just hold this Psalm 50, 23. That is an awesome one. Sacrifice thank offerings. It'll honor him. You will experience richness of relationship, experience his help. If you don't do it, what are you partnering with? If giving thanks is a way of partnering with what's going on in heaven, what's the opposite? Right, yeah, not good, someone says. True, good point, right there, write that down, not good. Uh, let me give you two quick verses. Romans one twenty one. If grumbling, if griping, complaining is the natural flow, stand by because you're partnering with something ugly and it produces something ugly and it spreads. Romans 1.21 tells us how ugly it gets. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God. What is, remember, even offering glory, there's a sense of even declaring his goodness in that. Nor gave thanks to him. They didn't glorify him, they didn't give thanks. So what happened? But their thinking became futile. Their foolish hearts darkened. Imagine if you walk in a flow of grumbling, complaining, griping, we lose perspective. The clarity you once had begins to diminish. 1 Corinthians 10.10 tells us this happened at one point to the people in Israel. It says, don't grumble or complain, as some of them did. 
They were destroyed by the destroyer. NIV says the destroying angel. What happened? They grumbled and complained. It's a reference to them after the Red Sea parts. Woo, they just walked through, finger in the water. This is amazing. Boom, the army gets killed behind them. God sets them free. Some people think, if I could just see a miracle, man, I would be so grateful. I'd be, I need a miracle now. I would be the thankful. I'd be so thankful. I'd be thankful for the rest of my life. No, you wouldn't. It's a choice. You have to start moving in it. How long do you think that miracle lasted for them? The great miracle, sea parts, army comes down. Three days. Three days. You think that would buy at least a month. No. Three days. Three days. Three days later, where's my food? I need more water. Na na na. And you see this thing start to grow. Imagine being on a camping trip that never ends with people like that. Grumbling, gripe, complaining. Sand on my knee. Get your tent away from my tent. Na na na. You know, it just goes on and on and on. And they can't get out of it. It becomes so bad that it's a whole generational thing. Now, what was the heart of God? I have goodness for you. There is a promised land. It is an amazing promised land. There are houses there you never built. You could go live in those. There are vineyards you'd never planted waiting for you to go eat. But what kept them in the desert was not God. It was because they were grumbling and complaining. They never moved out of it. And as a result, they never even entered in the goodness, what the heart of God was, the goodness of God he had in store for them. It was always another lap around the mountain or wherever. For 40 years, a whole generation lost. You don't want to be a generation like that, do we? So if your family was a family that it's a grumbling, griping, complaining, bitter, guess what? You could be like Joshua. Know what he said? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The great thing about being in Christ is we can lean in him, ask him to do in us what has never been done before. Begin to move towards him. But there's got to be a place where you don't want to take, keep taking laps around the desert. Learn to be a thankful people, at least in your house. Learn how to do it. See what God does. See how he meets you. It'll be powerful. So how, how, do, we, uh, how do we live this thing out? I'm going to give you a couple practicals here. Because don't you want this in your life? Um, sounds good. So... Two things, cultivating a thankful heart. It is cultivated through practice. Here's two ways to practice it. Number one, consistently, quietly. Let me explain that. Consistently and quietly. What does this look like? Well, I'll tell you what my wife and I have done for the past six days. Got my iPhone and we download an app and it's one of those little apps that does an hourly chime until I go to bed. Remember those old school watches that had those hourly chimes? Before, like, why would you really need that? Uh, but now there's purpose in it. We let that thing go off every hour. She got her phone program, so her phone's doing that too. So every hour it goes off. And wherever we're at, quietly to ourselves, we just say, Lord, thank you. We thank you for your goodness. Uh, thank you for this car I get to drive. Even though I'm in traffic, Lord. Thank you for extra time with you. So I'm going to be grateful. Thank you, Lord. Just learning to be thankful. 
Uh, you get to sit down with a good friend. Thank you, Lord, for friendship. It's good. Thank you that we don't have to walk alone in life, that you provide those things. It's good. Uh, thanks for this bed. I love my bed. Thank you, Lord, for that. Feels good tonight. Uh, a poopy diaper. Thank you. He will be clean soon. You know, I got one this week. My son potty trained this week. Thank you, Lord, for that one. That was a good one. Yes. Uh, there's an accident. Well, thank you, Lord, that he's learning. <laughs> we'll get past it. Whatever it is, you know what it does? It will just catch you in the highs and lows. It just doesn't give you a long gap to go into dark space. It just, it's going to be one of those places where it's just a regular reminder. We want this to be a regular thing in our life. It just becomes a pattern of who we are. It seems like there's something that, about the maturity of the people of God that this should be a, a regular growing aspect of who we are. It's just what it looks like. It's what the house is supposed to become. It's just what it is. So I'm going to throw that out to you. Every 60 minutes, try it for six days. See what happens. I think I'm going to keep going for about six weeks to see. uh, It's good. I'm liking the fact that just the reminder. So for me, I'm going to continue it. I'm going to invite you on the challenge. Every 60 minutes, try it for six days. And just watch. Watch what God does in that. It's good. So one way to do it, consistently, quietly, turn to the Lord. Here's the second one I'm going to encourage you with. Occasionally, out loud. Occasionally, out loud. This is a Psalm 95 two, and it says this. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. What does the word extol mean? Well, the literal translation is shout. Um, it also means war cry. That's interesting. I didn't know that. It means it's a war cry. What's our war cry? Our heart of thanks to God. It's joyful. And there's something that that does. It, it leads you to places of breakthrough. It's like the army of Israel sending their worshipers out. That's their war cry. It's Paul and Silas, whether they're in a prison, woohoo, off they go. We, are, we will worship the Lord. That's what we're going to do. So whether you're in a good spot, enjoy that. Give him thanks. You're in a dark spot. You're in a funk. Well, get somewhere quiet. Shut the door. Open up like Psalm 107. Start declaring it. Shout it out. Make sure no one can hear you. If they do, they need it anyway. So off you go. Let me just say, there's something about it. Uh, We are designed to let it out. There's something about doing all that and letting all those emotions come under the, under the hand of God and let him sort that out. It's one of the things the people of the Lord do. Let the, let the people of God say this. Lord, you're good. Start to declare it. Use Psalms to read it. If you got a long commute to work somewhere, great, go for it. Let people around you laugh as, they, as you drive. It'll be fun. You know, shouting joyfully, um, is a powerful thing. And it, there's something I love about God. He gives us permission, even in places of pain, to do it. And there's something that our faith will only rise to the level of our rejoicing. So it's one of those things where you go for it. You will encourage yourself in the Lord. You will feel your faith rise. You'll feel God meets you. It's his heart. He desires to do it. 
can literally break through walls of any emotion, or you're just going to have pure enjoyment in it. Just enjoy the Lord. You know, the, the heart of God, he is not trying to break your heart. He wants to overwhelm it with his goodness. He does. You know, I've seen this a couple times in recent weeks. Just fun. One, we had somebody in our home uh, lost a job, and favorite part of that time together is we just stood, put worship music on, and we worshiped, declaring his goodness. That was our most powerful time together. Another one recent, someone over a broken marriage. Broken marriage. A lot of tears for two hours. But man, we said it. We went before God, we put some music on, and hope was, was being birthed again. There's something in just about declaring God's faithfulness, God's goodness, that is strengthening. It's good. So if you're in a dark space, you go for it. You're in a great space, woohoo, enjoy it, right? It's good, to, it's okay to be in great space. Just enjoy that. Enjoy it. There's something about giving thanks that's deeper than circumstance. It's like a water well that gets below the contaminants of the surface. You want to go deep. The deep place is this. The deep place is giving thanks in the very character of God himself. Our thanks is focused on God, not just our circumstance. That's, that's the secret. So, is that a good word today? Encouraged by that? It is. It's a hopeful word. It's a hopeful word. You know, we are, we're going to respond to it in a second. You know, we'll be taking our offering too. You can fill out your Connect card. We'll pray with you. We'd love to do that. Your church will stand with you in prayer. You can even go to the back. Uh, my left, you're right in the back. There's people today that'll pray with you. So go for it. If you need it, don't walk out of here. Uh, if you need something, if you need prayer for something, go get it. It's what we're here for. You don't have to walk out of those doors carrying whatever you're carrying. Leave it here. Walk out free. It's a beautiful day. God's good. You can walk in his goodness today. So you can finish filling those things out if you need to, but I'm going to encourage you. I want to stand. I want to lead us in prayer. Let's just respond to the Lord. I'm going to encourage you when we sing, you belt it out. You go for it. Enjoy the Lord today. That's why we're doing it. But I want to pray. And as I pray, all I'm going to do, I'm just going to begin giving God thanks. I'm going to thank him. I'm just going to thank him. I want you in your own mind. You go for it. You go for it. You go for it. I don't even care if you do it out loud. But you just start thanking God. Because it is the pathway to his presence. And he has goodness to give us. Let's taste and see it. So I'm going to pray, then we'll kick into worship. But Father, right now, what an awesome privilege for us to stand here as a church. And Lord, we say you're good. We declare it, Lord. Thank you for being so good. Thank you that you are good in your timing. You're good in the ways that you love us. Your faithfulness is never ended. You've been good in the past. You're going to be good today. You're good in the future. Thank you that we never have to doubt it when we come before you, that we never wonder how you look at us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you that because Christ lives in us, as we give our life to him, that you see Jesus in us. So you look with full delight. Thank you, Lord, that today you delight in me. Thank you for that, Lord. You're excited. You delight. So thank you, Lord. We rejoice in you. We do give you thanks. We praise you. In fact, you're rejoicing over us. So we rejoice in you. You're so into this that you say rejoice all the time. 
In everything, give thanks. Don't stop doing it. So today, we thank you for whatever circumstance we walk in, that we can experience your goodness in it. We believe in you, Lord, for that. So we, we give it over to you. We don't want to be negative. We don't want to walk in that, Lord. So we offer you our heart. Would you do in it what you can only do? And we thank you that you promised to do it. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Good. Good day to be together, isn't it? It's good. Remind you, Psalm 34, what does it say? Taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see. So that's our, that's our, our, I guess our privilege. This is our privilege. We get to do that. We get to taste and experience the goodness of God. So I'm going to encourage you this week, as you go for it, set your reminders. If you're going to take up that challenge, go for it quietly, regularly. Sit up side in time. If you need to do it out loud, go for it. Go crazy. Have fun with that. Let God meet you. I'm going to show you his goodness. What if, what if God is just restoring the joy of our salvation? The simple fact of knowing Jesus. There's joy in that. Imagine if people, when they come and they encounter our church, that's a growing thing that's happening more and more. It's a joyful place because we know him. And that's everything. So, may God be with you this week in a powerful way. May you enter in quickly with thanksgiving and praise, and may you experience his goodness in deep, profound, abiding ways that spills over to the people around you. May it be a new season, a new day where joy is released, and it becomes a deeper and deeper aroma in this place. Sound good? What a great prayer that is. So I encourage you, come back next week. We are kicking off the series, The Invasion. Pastor Mike will be here with uh, that first message. Use the invite card. Let's see who God is beginning to draw here. And we'd love for you to bring him out on one of those weekends. Sound good? God bless you guys. We'll see you next week. Well, that's going to do it for this week's message. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we have putting it together. Please visit us at rockypeak.org where you can download more messages or have your questions answered. Remember, you can subscribe to our weekly podcast for free by searching for The Church at Rocky Peak from within the music store in your iTunes software. For Lead Pastor Mike Yearly and everybody up here at The Peak, thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.